um, I am here again. <laughs> I'm with my girls. But first, let me introduce my partner in crime. You're on with your girls, Chris and Vic. I'm Chris. I'm Vic. And, you know, tonight we're talking token black girls. So I brought a couple. Uh, <laughs> um, wow. You know, they're, they're just laying around. So I was like, yeah, totally. Bring it. Totally. What so intro. we have wow. Jessica. We have Jessica in L.A. Say hey, Jessica. No, it was so sunny until the shade. Oh, yes. Till the shade. And then we, <laughs> we have Ebony, our old friend, Ebony, from New York, but currently in the Midwest. Yes. Hello. Good to be Are back. you in Indiana? Ebony? I sure am. Okay. I was supposed to be there like two weeks ago. But okay. For what? I have family in Indianapolis. Do you really? Yeah, yeah girl. Later. How yeah, do we, we not will. talk about this? Yeah. We will. Um, <laughs> so thank you ladies so much for joining us because, you know, it's a sensitive time in the world. Sensitive. You know, going through a lot. A lot of blackness. A lot of whiteness. <laughs> And um, I feel like it's our duty to get these, you know, these kind of racial stereotypes, you know, out of the way. Because a lot of times, you know, people ask, but I don't feel like explaining. So this is the opportunity mm-hmm. that you'll never have, which is to ask and have an explanation um, about okay. what it is to be black. And particularly a token black person, in this case, woman. Because the token black man is a different thing. And we'll maybe explore that. Yeah. Perhaps. Perhaps. If you'd like to call us, you can. Um, the phone number is 702-608-3259. And, you know, only call if you got something to say. Okay? So, any hot topics besides, you know, general, obvious, hot topics? Um, what did I read today? Oh, that Dr. Dre and his wife are supposed to be splitting. Ooh. No, Black they've been married. Yeah, they've been married for like twenty-four years. Yeah, I was about to say they've been married forever. Right, and I guess she's a lawyer, and there was no prenup. Still. No, there definitely was no prenup. Oh wow! Not back then. That quarantine did them in. They couldn't take it. I guess. Okay. You know, that is one thing I will say. I am a huge supporter of having a prenup. And I know that there's a lot of people out Same. there that are like, oh, you know, it's like, a, uh, you know, you're saying we might break up. But I'm like, you, uh, people are always evolving and people are always growing. And if mm-hmm. you should really let this incarnation of me that loves you unconditionally and wants to walk down an aisle with you protect you from the, the me that might hate you in 30 years exactly. because we've just grown yeah. too far apart. This yeah. version of me will protect you from that one. I heard so, that. That's a good, that's a good one. Let these like two that. loving people protect each other. The people they might not necessarily love. And protect their goddamn selves, okay? Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know what I'm gonna honestly, accumulate during this marriage. I don't know what I'm gonna, you know, build for myself or for my kids or you know, for us. I don't know what I'm gonna bring to the table. You know, you don't know in the beginning. So. I just want it to be quick and easy if it happens. Because yeah. the day that you tell me you no longer feel the way, same way about me <laughs> that I feel about you, I want to be able to make it painless for both of us. <laughs> Yeah. Quick, easy, read the 80 pages and let's sign <laughs> and let's move on. Sign the dotted line. I feel that. I feel that. 
Um, well, you know, guys, I'm just going to jump right in because, you know, mm-hmm. just to hear that black love is ending. It's just sad. I don't want to hear it anymore. Uh, um, so we're just going to get into it. A token black girl, by definition, is in reference to the only African-American or black person in a situation or group of friends. Do you guys agree with that? As the definition of token black girl? Yes. Wait, read read it again. Okay. In reference to the only African-American or black person in a situation or group of friends. Okay. I will give an example. Lisa Turtle from uh, Saved by the Bell. Just for you people who aren't sure what a token black girl example. is. Okay? That's a great example. Lisa Turtle. I've got more. Kim Fields. Facts of Life. Yes. Dion yeah. in Clueless. Yes. Aisha Tyler, the only black on Friends. <sighs> she was mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I know that. Actually, somebody somebody said that Gabrielle Union was on there for a hot <laughs> second. Bless you, but um, excuse me, allergy. I don't remember that. And sneezing so. is not a symptom of COVID. You're fine. Also, do you do you have the actress who was in Boy Meets World? Who yes, was, um, yes. Oh, Angela, yeah. Angela, mm. Angela from Boy Meets World. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach from California Dreams. If you remember California Dreams. Yes. Yes. Uh, also, Zach, the Black Power Ranger. Yeah. But you know what? The only reason I give that one a pass is Why? because the yellow one was Asian. The yeah, red and then they one put them was together. Native American. Mm-hmm. It's the whole thing was kind of borderline yeah. with the colors, which is why they mixed it up after. Because pr- finally somebody was like, the all-American white girl is the pink ranger. The all-American yeah. white guy is the blue ranger. Yeah. The black guy is the black ranger. The Asian girl is I mean, the yellow ranger. I mean, didn't we all figure that out on the first episode? I mean, I think I figured that out first episode. But I still loved yeah. it. Um, when I was a kid, I didn't get it. It was one of those things where I think I looked back and it was like I always knew it. But yeah. when I looked back and saw it, I went, oh. Right. Um, and then there's always Susie Carmichael from the Rugrats. Susie Carmichael. And... Blair Underwood at Sex in the City. He was the token black man. Yes. Which is another show. But I had to mention him because he's fine and we love Basketball him. coach. But this was my questionable no, one. No, doctor. This is my questionable one, okay? Doug. Okay, Doug Funny and his family, they're pink or they're pale peach or whatever, right? Skeeter <laughs> yeah. is blue. Yeah. Uh, Roger Klotz is green. The yeah. neighbor next door is purple. Yeah. All right. So what? So color, so, so is Skeeter black? Is the neighbor black? I always thought Skeeter was black. Uh, I always thought that if you drew them as regular people, yes, probably I'd say he probably was. But it's like yeah. how come Doug wasn't a color? Like you know, you know what I'm trying to say? It's but like it's, also, it's like all the but, people on Sesame You know Street. what? A more modernized version, I guess you could say, of Doug's would be like, Hey Arnold. I think it would be roughly the same kind yeah. of yeah, it's the same thing. Setup. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I didn't even put that one. That's another token black man. That's yeah, Gerald. One. Gerald. Yeah, like if you, you if you really look at it, like if you look, the dynamics are a bit different because, you know, one was made when we were kids and one was made when we were like, what, middle school? Pre-teens, yeah. Yeah, like so. Yeah. So the stuff that they dealt with was more evolved. But I mean, technically, if you really look at it, I feel like when they pitched Hey Arnold, they were literally like, it's like Doug for teenagers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
I love Hey Arnold. Me too. Bro. Hey Arnold's so good. Look right. it. And always, Doug. Always. I wish they were bringing yeah. Doug back. Truly. No. Um, but not the not the it's, Doug that they were like in middle school, like the original Doug. Yeah, like the Nickelodeon Doug, not the yeah. one they put on ABC on yeah, Saturday one Saturday morning. I don't know what that. I don't know what that was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that came so, on right after before school. I think rock. Doug is on Disney Plus. Is it right? Is it? I think no, because it's Nickelodeon. It's Nickelodeon. So I'm curious to see if we need a Nickelodeon well. Plus. But I, I digress. Um, it's coming. It has to. So, in films, that's TV, right? In films, okay, the token black character is usually the one that dies first or just mm-hmm. disappears altogether, <laughs> and we just never know what happens to them. Um, that happens on TV too, you know, like um, Judy from Family Matters. She just disappeared. You know, we were like, "Oh, what happened to oh, Judy?" My God, yeah. It, it, I remember we were talking about that too. It's like Crystal yep. and I were like, she just ran up. She would always go upstairs to her room, and then one day she just never, never came, came back out. downstairs. And they just never and mentioned her. What kind of message does that send kids? And I want to also say that sometimes, you know, if it's a black show, there will be a token white character. Um, yes. To create this diversity thing, this idea of diversity. Um, yeah. Like on the Parkers, there was the the white friend. You know, she was down. Mm-hmm. Um, or in, um, in um, Steve Harvey Steve show. Harvey show, Bullethead, yeah. and, Bullethead, and Lori Beth Denberg from all that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so they so it, it it works both ways, but one of those is more yeah. common than the other. Exactly. There you go. One of these things. Okay, so yeah, I asked, and the I feel ladies. like the choice was made for a different reason too. Wait, sorry, what choice? Because I feel like when you say a token white character, I don't necessarily feel like the reason that they chose to create a token white character was for the same reason they chose to create a token black character. What do you think's the difference? Because for me, the token black character truthfully started out as a quota. Mm -hmm. And then the token white character, I feel like all the people with money are white. So it's like you got to put somebody in there that looks like them. Yeah, mm-hmm. or also it could be more towards like for white audiences, like it's okay. Yeah, that's what I was watch thinking. It yeah, because we right. you want white people to yeah. watch yeah. this, so, you versus, put a white like, person in I there. don't think that their thought process was like, oh, we'll put a token black guy or girl in there, and then we'll get the black kids to watch. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Even though exactly. that did work, it was to cater it, it to did. that audience. It did work. work. Yeah, because as long as there was one black, you know, all the black girls could relate, and all the black boys could have a crush, or or, or you know what I'm saying, or vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Um, so, I asked the ladies two questions that I, I wanted them to think about, um, mm-hmm. because there's, mm, mm. well, the first question is is kind of like when you're young and you kind of realize what's happening or the difference between you and the other people around you, right? Mm-hmm. So the question was, how old were you when you realized you were black? Mm. Who wants to start? I can I can go. I mean, I was in uh, fifth grade. I don't remember the age of being in fifth grade. I just remember the grade I was in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyone know how old you are in fifth grade? 10, like 10, 9 10, 10, 11. Mm-hmm. Okay, there we go. So, yeah, I was in fifth grade. So I was I was always the youngest. So that meant that I was probably like eight or nine. Okay. And we switched schools. 
And I went to a school that was just predominantly black. So I was very used to like our principal was black. All of my teachers were black. I would say a good 90% of the school was black. So it wasn't until I switched schools. And then I remember the first day showing up and there was literally one black family and that was ours. Mm. And that was when I realized that I was black. And that was also the first time that I started getting the questions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to get to the question. We're going to get to the question. Can you tan? Like, can I touch your hair? Why is your hair like that? Like, but that was the very first time that I realized, like, oh, I don't look like everybody else in this scenario. Mm -hmm. Okay. Ebony? For me, it happened at a very early age. It was when I first started school. Oh. When I was in kindergarten elementary school. Oh, wow. It was because of my name. Mm. Um. Because mm. I didn't have a common name. You know, you start school, you know, when you're in kindergarten and elementary school and, you know, there could be like two Ashleys in your class or like, you know, or... You Courtney's, just, Brittany's. Yeah. And when when I was young, I didn't understand why that was my name. And because of that and knowing what my name means, mm-hmm. that made me feel very insecure. And... I, you know, I'm not proud to say it, but when I was younger, I didn't like my name. Wow. I didn't like it. Because it puts you I, on display. Exactly. I didn't want that attention on me on top of the fact that in, in you know, even in, in, in um, kindergarten, there was a good mix. Like I, there was a lot of, you know, black kids, but mm-hmm. then obviously going on to like first grade and, you know, everybody, they're calling roll and then you hear my name and it's just like, mm-hmm. you know, it's different. And mm-hmm. so I remember... I remember a long time ago when I was a little asking, like, why my name was with was, and I, I looked it up in the dictionary and everything. But before we started this talk tonight, I asked my dad because my my father's the one who named me, mm-hmm. and I said, and I said, Dad, I was like, so what? You know, you named you, right? And he's like, yes. And I said, did you already have the name picked out, or was it when it happened? He's like, no, like when you were born, and I saw you, that was who you were to wow. me. And I asked him why, and he said because it's it's a strong name and you were a beautiful black baby and there's so much power behind that name so much. and he said he wanted he didn't want to name me something that was common because I wasn't to him I was not common mm-hmm. and he knew that before he even met me and yeah. he was just he was like and I I loved reading Ebony magazine and it was such a strong <laughs> yes. you know powerful he did he <laughs> awesome. it was either ebony or essence honey thinking about like, uh-huh. thinking about like all like the songs with the words ebony in it and just that yeah, that yeah, was something yeah. that he just he just felt and he was like and that's why that's why i named you that and and he and knew he you could like, handle it yeah and he knew you yeah could handle and so it. and so as i as i got older i you know obviously being around other kids and everything and i knew i wasn't I wasn't like everyone else. And then obviously I started meeting other black kids and I started meeting other Ebony's and I'm like, Oh my God, like I'm not the only one. But mm-hmm. when I was very young, I was embarrassed because mm-hmm. I was different already. I'm looking at me. I'm like, I'm already the black kid, but now I have to have a name on mm-hmm. top of it to amplify that. Right. I didn't like the attention right. when I was younger, but I love my name. So I love it too. Um, <laughs> Vic, you feel, I mean, you said that you said already on the show, plenty of times that you when you were younger you thought your 
mom was black and your dad was white. Mm-hmm. And so you just thought you were like a mixed mulatto. General. Yeah, but so what happened? When did you um, figure it out? <clears throat> um, I don't know which one came first. There was the incident where, because I mean, well, I grew up in the orchards. Me too. On the east side of Vegas, so, right? So, um, I think I felt like pretty early on. I mean, I had like a black best friend. You know, uh, met her in the I believe that was the fifth grade when we met. Um, but I just felt like there wasn't like really like a lot of like, I wasn't really surrounded by like a lot of black people, like in the neighborhood, definitely not in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was either the time that I was babysitting my brother's friend's little sister. The dad was a firefighter paramedic or whatever. They lived like a couple houses down from us. And I, te- I was teasing her. I think I've talked about this on the show too. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. teasing mm-hmm. her about about liking my brother and she had to be like four or five years old telling me how she's not allowed to like to like a black boy which yeah of course she was told that right mm, it was either wow, that so or, young right so it was at that time or it was when um i used to walk home with my next door neighbor uh this white girl all her friends were white and um this girl who lived across the street from us wasn't with us one day and they were asking where she was and they were like, well, she was her black boyfriend. And I was like, they were never really my cup of tea anyways, but I just wanted somebody to walk home with. Yeah. And so then, um, you know, what does that mean? You know, that sort of incident or whatever. And those were around the same time. I just can't remember which one came first. Oh, okay, okay. So that's when I, that's when I realized that it was a problem to people Mm. that I looked the way that I looked. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of... No, I know mine. Um, mine was... I don't know how old I was. I had to have been like uh, seven or eight. And actually, my sister, she told me, she was like, you know your friends call you a nigger when you're not around. And I was like... Ooh. Mm. Mm. I mean, imagine saying that to a seven-year-old, you know? And wow, she went straight for I the jugular. had no clue. Right. And I went and asked my dad and he was just like, yeah, you're black. And I was just like, uh, okay. He's like, don't listen to her. She's fine. You know, whatever. But it was very like, it was like in my face and it was mean on top of it. So I'm sorry mm-hmm. if you're listening. I love you, but you were mean to me. Um, and it was, it was very jarring because you, I just, I wasn't seeing it in that way. Like, all my, you know, there were Mormons next door and there were Mexicans across the street and white people next door to them. And, it, you know, I just wasn't thinking about it. And, you know, we were the I think we were the only black family on the block. Wow. So I think it just didn't occur. It did not occur to me at all. So thank you for sharing. Is it that you were like that we were black or that it was a problem to be black? Well, like, well, yeah, right. Because when she said that to me, it's not like she said, you know, your friend's are calling you black, you know, behind your back. You know, she used the N-word. Yeah. And yeah. I think at that time, that was for her to kind of jab me with um, mm. the truth. She was having a bad day. She was having a, yes. Yeah, that, and, I was going to say, that sounds like a little bit of maybe a personal spirit experience she was dealing with. You sort on of a, got on a large a level, bit. okay? Maybe. Um, on a level that I probably will never understand she you know the identity crisis that was going on maybe for her because she grew up in a more predominantly when she was my age she was in a very black neighborhood so for her she moved to a white neighborhood and i knew nothing different so she had a different perspective it's all good 
Um, yeah. So the other question was, um, when, when did you feel the most like you were the token black girl? Like, when, when have you felt that the most? All through high school. All through high school. All through high school. See, I don't know that I felt it in high school, really. Because I feel like we were very diverse, but yeah, go ahead. For me, it was. I went, I I lived in the hood, but where my house, the street in the block that I was on sat in the middle of like, you could either go to public school or you could go to like the township school, which is on the south side of town. Okay. So my mother growing up, she went to public schools and she refused. She was like, nope, my kids aren't doing it. Um, so we went to school on the south side. Now, we went and our school was like 80% white and 20% black and others. Um, and, you know, I just, I was involved in everything. Mm-hmm. I wanted to cheer. I wanted to be in class office. I, I wanted to do all these things. And because I got involved, all the, the black girls, they didn't want to, they didn't want to do nothing, but I wanted to do things. So I think, especially when I started cheering, I was the only only black female cheerleader on the varsity squad. And I was around white girls all the time, hung out with them all the time. I was, you know, class president for all for three years. And I was just in that space. Mm-hmm. So I was like the quintessential black girl of the class. That with was Lisa like, Turtle. if yes. you could name it one, I was the one you would name. Um, just because I was just, we were always surrounded by them, but nobody else wanted to do anything. Yeah. So I wasn't going to sit around and be like everybody else because I wanted to get involved. So I think all through high school is where I felt it the most. Yeah. Definitely, definitely in high school. Okay. Jeff? I guess maybe middle school because I think middle school was the first time that, um, It's just that, like, my grandmother was a teacher, an English teacher, Mm -hmm. when it was really not popular for her to be, and she was, you know. In in, in Chicago or in Illinois? uh, No, in the South. Wow, okay. (laughs) But ironically, she taught more so in the white schools, because my grandmother was pretty Mm fair-skinned, and she was just a better teacher than a lot of the other ones. So she was actually, yeah. Anyway. But my grandmother didn't allow my mother and my aunt to speak abonics. So my mother didn't allow me to speak abonics. And because of that, I think when I got into elementary school, it was just I wasn't white enough for the white kids, but I wasn't black enough for the black mm-hmm. kids. Mm-hmm. And that was just. So what do you mean by that? Like you weren't allowed thing. to say ain't? No. Right. None of it. And the thing is, when I was like around that age, you know, because I think that code switching comes when you're in high school. <laughs> like That's when you get like good at it. Right. And mm-hmm. for me, for me, I just wasn't good enough at it to go seamlessly between the two. I just kind of had to commit to a way to speak. Otherwise, I'd accidentally slip up in front of my mother and my grandmother. And I was just more mm-hmm. afraid of them than a bunch of kids. Yeah. So I just didn't do it. And also my grandmother had this big thing when I was trying to, when I, she noticed I was doing it and pretty much she just called me out for it. and was <laughs> like, you're going to be white for the white kids and black for the black kids. Like you're going to live your whole life 
confused about your identity and I was just Mm. you know and here I was at like 11 like what (laughs) and you know my grandmother just made me realize how stupid it was and she was she was very quick to say you know speech and tone and saying words and sentences appropriately and properly with diction does that is not a trait of being white or black right that's a trait of being educated right. and you just need to just be educated, which that's great in theory. But it was just that when I was around the black kids, mm-hmm. they only included me when they needed to do something shady. Cause they knew that I wouldn't be suspected. Wow. Yeah. Token black. Or, Token black. Among yeah. The like blacks. It, was, it was really interesting, but like, yeah, they would, they would do things that would be, I wouldn't realize we were in a shady situation until we were already in it. But I realized they took me along because everyone would be like, oh, but Jessica was there. She probably didn't, you know, oh, she's she's not wow. that kind of kid. And then the white kids on the flip side only invited me to stuff when they were too afraid to do it. Oh, my God. I mean, you're so, saying it. You, you are literally giving was, us the epitome. You know, I was, I was the nigga in that moment. They were just like, send the black girl in to do it because we're afraid or send her to go talk to that person. Right. And it was just very interesting because that's not that I gave off any form of anything but somehow you know to and then on top of that but it was really confusing for me because then it was like I didn't really have any friends right and that was really difficult for me because I was so confused I was just you know and then once I figured out everybody was just kind of like oh well you know this group of friends you know Emily and Kelly only asked me to go hang out with them but then they pretty much use me to go like talk to boys for them or say like we're hanging out but really you're hanging out with your boyfriend you're supposed to have and then that kind of followed me in high school (laughs) or it was being the person you know in the black group that you know they would want me around when they needed to get away with something or I was the one they could introduce to their parents and they would be like oh yeah we're going out with Jessica but then I always got ditched and it was kind of they everyone labeled me like bougie uppity a snitch I don't know it's like I got all Uh, so many labels throughout middle school and high school that I just sort of came out of both of those experiences with no friends and kind of this I don't know surprisingly I didn't have a chip on my shoulder it was very weird I went to college and I just kind of made the decision to be me and to not care if I had friends or not because I tried so hard to have friends and never had any and then in college I decided you know what I'm in college I'm not here to make friends I'm here to make these grades and get this education trying to get the scholarship I'm gonna be an actress I'm gonna go to New York and then I'm gonna go to LA (laughs) I'm gonna be in Chicago I'm gonna be in London I had just all these dreams and the irony was as soon as I developed this I don't give a shit attitude I made tons of friends yeah I was gonna say I mean that's that that tells me that explains a lot about you I'll be honest. Wait me. It just explains a lot about you. Like you are, mm-hmm. you would be that person. You would be, yep, yeah, yeah. Send her over there. I mean, it just because you're such a diplomat, you know, and you're able to speak to different types of people. I've done that to you. I'd be like, you gotta go. You go talk. I can't, and <laughs> because I know that I am a little more heated, a little bit more argumentative, a little bit more aggressive. I'll say it myself, not you. Yeah. And well, no, so. I don't think you're aggressive, Crystal. I think that you're assertive and I think that you don't enjoy BS. Right. That's it. And I think that what, but the thing is, there's also this label, like black women aren't allowed to be angry. And that's what I'm saying. Anytime you insert yourself. Suddenly everyone's afraid of you. Exactly. And, oh my God, she was so angry. I felt threatened. And it was like, no, you didn't. See, but you I've seen you angry. You're not angry like I'm angry. You know? 
Well, it's not even just that. See, we were talking about this, um, I feel like the other day, Chris, where it's mm-hmm. like people like that sass from you. Yeah, when it's, until it's aimed at them. Like, Right. So if they're telling you a story and they want advice, oh, I know you're going to keep it real with me. You know, da-da-da-da. They mm-hmm. like right, that. right. They like that shit then. But, you know, when you're upset at them, it's like, oh, my, you know, oh I feel attacked. That's, you know, like... You know, fuck out of here with that shit. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's the same thing, though, with my personality, because everyone, people do talk to me because they're like, oh, you see both perspectives. When people don't like it is when they tell me something and I go like, but in the other person's defense... Yeah, right. devil's advocate. Shimana, shimana, shimana. And then suddenly, yeah. And, and I think that's a, I I think am, that's a token I black girl thing, of, too. Yeah. I feel like we do have to play devil's advocate to these white folks. No offense, Quan. Love you. Um, because at times they can have a one-sided approach. And because you are the token black girl among these white people and they, they trust you. They feel like you're one of us. You're not like the other ones. We trust you. And so they, they might start to just kind of pop off oh at the God, mouth a little that. bit more, a little bit more than they should, thinking you're not going to say anything, so right? Much when I was a kid. Yeah, thinking you're not going to say anything, thinking you're not going to, you're not going to call them out or whatever. And then you do. And it's like, oh, I thought you were my friend, Ebony. You know what I mean? And it's like, well, I am. But I, I also want you to see right. it from the other perspective here because I am the other perspective. <laughs> Thanks. I yeah. knew you would take her side. <laughs> yeah. I knew you would take Tisha's mm-hmm. side, Taquanda's side. People throw that, sh- that shenanigan out there when, and sometimes it'll be for something so crazy that you'll just stare at them. Like, yeah. I remember I had a teacher in eighth grade, and we were, and it was awkward because I was the only black kid in that particular class. And it was Black History Month, and we were watching a video about Malcolm X, and she made the comment. She was like, yeah, you know, she's like, I feel like maybe his message would have been better received if he wasn't so angry. (laughs) And it was that awkward moment in class where... the teacher say that? The teacher said it, and it was so awkward because all the other kids looked Looked at at you. Because my face was... What's she gonna say? What's she gonna do? What's she gonna say? And I said it... (laughs) I said it very calmly. I was just like... Well, if you were forced to come over here on a cruise that you didn't buy a ticket for, build homes, Ooh. buy the roads on credit, like you're, you were you were supposed to do you were forced to do everything for somebody else, and then they never gave you the credit for it, and now you're just ask, asking for an equality, and they think that you're outlandish for asking to be an equal to them. You might be a little angry, little 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 hurt. That whole sentence, by the way, came from my grandma. Like, I was in eighth grade. I didn't know what I was saying, but that was what my grandmother had said my whole life. And then my grandmother, I hit her with another reality. My grandma always said, I was like, you know, Miss Perry, I was like, what you said was just ignorant. (laughs) And you should really consider your words. Well, well, come on, Granny. I got a detention so fucking fast. (laughs) (laughs) For what? (laughs) For... Questioning the authority. Because she was an adult and oh. I was a child and I was talking back. Wow. But the irony to me was the story that she told my mother sounded like a completely different of person. I'm sure she was. was loud. She was she had a tone with she me. Was was at me. These... She was cursing at me. She used the yeah. N word. What? It was just her her version of the story was so crazy. And I was looking at her just like so fucked up. I was looking at her nuts and All the pretty much my mother. But thankfully, I had a mom that rode for me. So my yeah. mother was just like, yeah. um, I taught my children I that saying it say louder that. doesn't yeah. make it right. So 
You're telling me that my uh, daughter yelled at you in the middle of class like some she wouldn't crazy person. And she knows she I would be took her a ass. tone with you and she exactly. had an attitude and she was. But my mother called her on and was just like, OK, well, I would like to hear what some of the other kids have to say about that account just so we can get a well-rounded perspective. And like our teacher's aide was the one who said, well, I didn't think she raised her voice or had a tone. Mm. I think that she was offended by the comment Miss Perry made. And then when when the comment came out, my mother was sort of like, so this detention, and then the principal was basically like, she, she just considered it served. Like, (laughs) y'all can go. Um, Okay. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Paul said, um, most people don't do well being called out on their bullshit because they don't like hearing that they're wrong. I mean, of course. Right. Absolutely. That, that is people. That is absolutely people. And especially with a child telling you, because, you know, something about kids. Something about a kid activates this ego part of people where they're like, I am not about to be. Well, and you also feel like you can just child. say whatever you want because the kid's not going to do or say anything yeah let me just flex this whole adult attitude on you and i can't say if i was a teacher and i got checked by a whole ass 10 year 11 year old that i wouldn't have been like if you don't take this attention get the hell out of me if you were a teacher you might not be so ignorant yeah you wouldn't say some offensive shit i wouldn't have said that no you know um, you know what my mom told me my mom told me um she was in the Philippines, so my grandfather was in the Air Force. So she mm-hmm. was in the Philippines, I believe she was in the fourth grade, when Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. Mm-hmm. And she said that her teacher, she had a white teacher, she said there was four black students in this class. And she said that the teacher said something along the lines of, uh, any, many, money, mo." Pick a nigger by his toe. Pick a nigger by his toe, something like in that. In class with kids? Yes! Yes. Wow. In the Philippines, you're saying. And the was she speaking Tagalog or just straight no, up English? No, she was white. She was a oh, white. Oh. Yes. 68. They were still that's not, daughters that's of the not Confederacy. Long ago. <laughs> My that's, God. That is such an ugly thing to say to children. Girl. Um, Kids are just okay. too much of a sponge for that. Really, though. And the Absolutely. trauma, man. The trauma. You know what? He don't... You don't realize what kids remember you know think about the shit you remember you know it's like crazy um so i was gonna say like i felt the most token let me think let me think let me think i have a list but i feel like it's not all those because childhood i'll wait for montez because i feel like montez and i had each other so we never Mm. felt that and we were a package deal you were friends with her you're friends with me she's in gate i'm in gate she's in this i'm in this so we had each other but she was the light That's skin I and I was the dark skin. So, so I feel like we had, but we always, you know what I mean? Like until we graduated and separated and I no longer had this black friend on my side, like right there all the time, mm. I really didn't feel it. But when I went to Ada, um, mm. I was usually the only black, but it didn't feel weird coming from Vegas um, until I started to describe my experiences going to like parties and parties getting shot up and people being like, Oh my God, did you live in the ghetto in Vegas? And I'm like, Oh my God. No, I didn't. I thought, I thought that happened to everybody. I swear. <laughs> I thought that happened wow. to everybody. So you know, I, I was like, yeah. Oh, I guess I'm black. There I am. <laughs> no, I don't even think that that's that though. I feel like <laughs> as we got older, as we got older, I do think that, our surrounding definitely became a lot more diverse. Like, I, I yeah. don't know if I ever felt like 
a token black girl, like right. to be honest. Right. I don't know if I ever really felt like that. Um, and so maybe I was just completely fucking like unaware. But like in middle school, like in elementary school, we were a little, um, I'm thinking of like the fifth grade. Mm-hmm. We became, I felt like a little bit more like diverse. And then we went to uh, middle school and I felt like I had friends of like all kinds of races. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like in my, my thing was my neighborhood. Just my neighborhood right. was very, you mm-hmm. know, white. Um, but other than that, I don't. I just really, I can't recall. I mean, hey, that's good, okay? Um, that's not a bad thing. It's <laughs> not. It's saying, like, really not. Oh no, but I'm, but I'm not saying that I don't like understand. You know, which all well, of course. Are yeah. No, no, of course. Um, I've course. had the times where I've just felt like. Maybe, you know, like oh, I'm the, I'm the only black person here. I might be a little misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and Ebony, I was going to say, Ebony knows, I mean, luckily, Ebony and I had each other. When I met Ebony on the Disney cruise ship, yeah. luckily, she was there. Yeah, I mean, there were other people, there were other blacks, okay, but, but like, character blacks. And we were together most of the time. We were together majority. most of the time. And then, but in certain search circumstances, I was the token black, I was the token black princess. You know, like mm-hmm. I yeah. had to. You know, when we were standing Sienna in line, ever get to let her hair down, girl. And when we were Disney. when the the, the 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 princess line was the you know the length of the freaking ship, and sometimes yeah. sometimes they didn't want to go to Tiana. That's true. Sometimes they were like, "Mommy, I don't want to go to Tiana. I want to go to Snow White. I want to go to Cinderella. I want to go." And you know, and you're standing there. Hello, you can hear. There's not a hat on your head, and you just kind of got a smile. You just got a smile on through it. You know. You mm-hmm. just gotta, just gotta wow. stick with them beignets, and going. you know, I never, I never felt offended or anything by it. But uh, yeah, and that, then that, uh, yeah, go ahead. Interesting. Oh, no, I just that's oh, very, yeah. oh, they yeah. know because they know who you are. Yeah, I was gonna, that's what I was thinking too. Is like they know yeah. your name enough to say we don't but even, right? But no, but it's the kids. Like, it's during, the kids. You know, they are kids. Kids are. Filterless, and that's what's was, great about Tiana it. But was fairly at that time, she was she wasn't that new. No, um, but on the oh, ship, I think Crystal well. probably you might have you were probably going to touch on this. Mm-hmm. But on the ship, the princesses and a lot of the face characters get character programs. Now these programs are set in the kids' clubs, where the characters will just come in and they'll do a program catered to their story. So Belle would come in and she would read them a story and Snow White would come in and teach them like how to clean and Cinderella would come and teach them how to dance at the ball. Every single face character had a program except Princess Tiana. And this she couldn't teach them to make beignets? Girl. (laughs) She couldn't have taught them to make beignets? I did have a moment. I had a moment. But that's the thing. It's like there's so many. I remember remember so even in Toronto during rehearsal like Crystal always said something like I don't understand why Tiana doesn't have a program. And it went into the ship. And we still, like, she came up with a bunch of ideas. I know other Tianas in the past that have had ideas that they pitched. Mm-hmm. And I bet she got one now. She, oh, she no, about to get one. Is, you better she, believe it. That is so still? She about to get one. I said that. I was saying yeah, that to Bridget. I was, saying that to, yeah, I was that. saying that to um, Bridget, yeah, Ebony. Princess Tiana had yeah. a beignet breakfast. No, I, I already said that. But I said that, I said that 10 years ago. I said it I mean, 10 I years like ago. That. I was like... Yeah. I can come in in my little yellow dress and we can cook some beignets and move on. You could do that. There was one, one of my friends, she wrote that it was like, you do like 
a craft project where you do like instruments for Mardi Gras. Well, we did the Mardi Gras. Remember? Remember we did the Mardi Gras because I had to go on for I had to go yes. on for a sick princess or something, and and it was Mardi yes. Gras week. And Tiana went in there, and I fucking killed that shit. And you know, of course she did. I was working out. And then they never did it again. And it was just like, well, okay. I was there in spirit. Yeah. So during that time, that was another time. And then the only other time after that, um, when I was in New York, which is very strange in New York, it's New York doesn't see. I don't want. I don't want to say New York doesn't see color, but I just feel like you're you're rubbing elbows and sharing poles and shit with people of all color all day every day so you just you're just kind of not aware and so I worked in this Italian restaurant and you know Italians Spaniards typically love the chocolate okay they love it but Mm -hmm. my chef was whitewashed and he would not speak to me I worked in this restaurant for four years okay faithfully whoa this chef would not speak to me unless he was telling me what I was doing wrong. And that's the only time he, he wouldn't say hello. He wouldn't say goodbye. He would sit right in front of my wow. face. He would ask the other girl working, the white girl working to make him his coffee because he didn't trust that I was going to make it right or thought I was going to spit in it or something. I don't know. Wow. But he never spoke to me. And so I literally, I wow, mean, it didn't bother gross. me at first. But when I thought about it, like a couple years later, I was just like, damn, this motherfucker literally doesn't say anything. And... Like, if it's me and him in the restaurant, there's no conversation happening. So He's Italian? Yeah, he was Italian from Italy. Italian. Mm. So it was very strange. You know, he was like a celebrity chef. You know, he, he was up his own ass. But still. Hey, well, fuck. But still, so it was awesome. just... I went to Italy. They're so friendly. And, uh, but, but to my, my you white... You are not representing your people. No. Right? And to my white counterpart, Tiffany, I love you if you're listening. Um, you know, blonde, voluptuous, blue-eyed, beauty fucking loved her i mean he would literally just like he would hug her and just give her just all the love in the world you know right in front of me and i just you know i wasn't mad about it because i I didn't necessarily respect this guy or even want his attention or love but it was still just a thing like you're my boss how can you respect a person going out of their yeah and it's so blatant right yeah exactly so those were my those were my times um so i have a list here of lies i've learned as a token black girl. So you guys can chime in on this because oh, Lord. I think a lot of these are true. Um, first okay. lie. First lie. Your hair is your beauty, but you can't have beautiful hair if it isn't long or straight oh, or yeah. blonde. So, you know, like when your friends would call you as a black girl and be like, oh, can you come over to my house? And you know those days you got to get your hair done. Mm. And it's mm. like, oh, well, what time are you gonna get your what time are you gonna be done with your hair? It's gonna be four to five hours. Why does it take so long? Because <laughs> I didn't wake up like you. Because my hair shrinks and I've gotta press it out. Mm-hmm. Mm, I've gotta put this fucking relaxer on it and burn my scalp and you know, yep. I gotta do all these things. So Mm. Yeah, I'm thinking. Of, I was thinking of the salon. Uh, yeah, going to the salon. Why it took so long? But that's because the shit. That's like fucking like machine. It's somebody at the shampoo bowl. It's somebody right. in the chairs. Somebody yep. waiting. It's somebody under the dryer. It you know it's like a whole. And I wore braids. Going on over my there. whole same basic basically Ooh. from second grade yeah. to eleventh grade. I was wearing braids. So same. You know they nobody ever understood my why my micro braid like I couldn't hang out with you on that Saturday. Yeah. At all. There was no hanging out. And maybe even the yep. next day, like I wouldn't see you that weekend because I got to get my hair done. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, many a time have I had to explain to my white friends the mm-hmm. difference between a black perm and a white perm. Like, mm. what is the Oh, difference? gosh. I've had to explain that over and over again. Anytime I've changed my hairstyle. Girl. It was always a question. It was always like, oh, my God. Like, you know, people think like, oh, did you just, did that just happen overnight? Like, those kind of questions yep. and things. And I remember there was one time in particular. <laughs> I can't I was telling the story. But I was cheering, and we were at an away game, and I had microbraids at the time. And I don't know what happened or what I did, but one of my braids came out. Mm-hmm. And it was on the floor. Oh my like, God. right when we were cheering <laughs> That's on happened the floor. To me. And, and the girls around and pointed at it and started laughing. And so I jokingly started <laughs> laughing, too, to cover my embarrassment. Oh, because yeah. it happened to me. And nobody else... Of course, they don't know what what's happening or what's going on, but they, you know, they laughed and joked around about it. And I was kind of, oh, my God, yeah, ha, 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 yeah. because I was afraid to be vulnerable in that moment when I really was. Mm-hmm. And that really, that hurt. That time really did hurt because they don't understand. They don't understand. Or like the times you go swimming and it's like, oh, swimming. Don't splash up and you can't get her hair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We got to have our bonnet on or. Yes. Yep. And even with the bonnets too, like sleepovers, like sleepovers. So, like, in yep. the beginning, I was so embarrassed to wrap my hair, to bring a bonnet. And then it got to the point where as I, as the years went on, I'm like, you know what? I'm not about to be ashamed of who I am, what I am. Also, this takes too long. I'm not trying to get this. Yeah. Like, absolutely not. I don't care what nobody's got to say. Am I going to be my ass? Bonnet. Yeah. That part. My mama gonna be my ass if I get my hair wet. How about that? Exactly. So yeah, that was the worst. There was always that one kid that would splash you just because you said you couldn't get your yep. hair wet. Oh yeah, of course. Kind of dumped you underwater. Yep. yep. There's also just the going natural, you know, like from like trying mm-hmm. to get you, you know, taking the perm out and everything, oh. and your friends are like, "Whoa, you're going natural now!" Like I've never seen your hair not straight or with out of weave mm-hmm. or whatever and you're just like See, I'm lucky that I did that in college because yeah. no one was used to that yeah. for a long time. I wish I would have done it in college. Me too. I wasn't brave enough. Me neither. I wasn't. Yeah, I had to. I just needed to just knock it out and get it over with. So. Alright, next lobby. next lie. <laughs> if, if you're not stick thin with a slight frame and small boobs your attraction rating is low. So, size zero or bust, um, you know, it curves. Like, I remember I didn't get my boobs super early, but when I got them, they were there. It was like an overnight mm-hmm. thing. And um, we used to have an overall day. You remember, Vic? We used to have overalls day in middle school. And that That's was so the day. Cute. Yeah. That was the day that you wore your overalls and then you wore a low cut fitting shirt. As I grew, popularity grew, you know, touchy grabby, can I hug you grew. So Ugh, middle school awkwardness. <laughs> so gross. Can I hug you? You know. Um Ugh, no. so that's you guys agree with that one? But well, that it's a lie, absolutely. Yeah. That it's a lie, yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. guess it's just like you know, I will say that when I hit puberty, like the butt went, the suddenly I had butt, hips, boobs, like yep. overnight. It seemed like yeah. Mm-hmm. And the irony to me was all of a sudden I was given a label I had never had before. Like I was already the oh, go send Jessica in if you don't want people to know what you're doing. But then suddenly, out of nowhere, overnight, there were all these rumors that suddenly I was like the easy girl in school, mm-hmm. right? And I was like a virgin. 
all through high school, that is all through like college, I was a like, complete why, virgin. Why? And the craziest thing to me was like, just because I actually had curves, I got all of these. Oh yeah. You know, I hear that Jessica, if right. you want to, but then it was the craziest thing. Cause then not one person could say who this magical, right. who all these men were, but yet and I was just, the... suddenly I was given a label that I never had before. That must be the over-sexualization thing that people always talk about with black women. Like they, like we're like, they sexualize us early and I think that must be why because our curves come early and you know you're looking in the mirror and you're you know all your white friends have these kind of small butts and your butt is like protruding you're like but now but now (laughs) now, okay yeah we ain't gonna we can't we can't go there that's a whole nother show um I'm just saying but you 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 right oh no you right we need to have that show. Oh, I know. Actually. We need to I have know, that right, show, actually. I'm a size 14. And yeah. They don't stop these niggas, okay? It don't. <laughs> Can't stop, won't stop. Okay? Okay. Um. Here's a big one. Big lie. You're basically an Oreo, a white girl inside a black girl's body. I heard that all the <laughs> oh fucking God. time. <laughs> I hated it. That's the one. You. How fucking rude. Just got slight like PTSD, like yeah, such a specific seriously. memory from high school came seriously. back to me that I forgot now. I have goosebumps. I have goosebumps. I'm angry now. Yep. And the whole no, you're talking white, which is it, what we were talking about. It's the same about. thing like you said of what what your your grandmother or your mother described. Mm-hmm. It's just like, no, it's not just because I talk properly. I was raised to be respectful and and have an education and talk like I have talk some well. sense. Yeah. Just because I speak or and I'm articulate, that doesn't make that doesn't make me white. Mm. No. How can it? I'm literally standing here black exactly. in front of you. <laughs> and talking. <laughs> Like these are actually the words coming out of my mouth, girl. Oh, yeah. that's what, I've never understood that, that whole that whole concept. You talk so white. That whole concept of being white, so white on sounding phone. white, talking yep. white—it doesn't make that's any sense. Because that's not real. The truth of the matter, oh God, I, I want to say so many things, but maybe it's not the time. Um, say one. One actual. No, nope, I can't. I can't do it. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just feel like for it. It just paints this picture that black women are one dimensional and we are absolutely not, you know, um, no, but I used to work with this girl and as an adult, I worked with this, uh, this girl that's reminding me, she used to call me Oreo (laughs) or coconut coconut's another one. That was an adult, you know, but I never really, I was used to it by then, Mm. but that was like the last time I had heard that. And then after that, somehow I, I shed my, I don't know, whatever. Also, to go along with this, the Oreo coconut thing is, you know, being a smart, being a, being a black girl, being a black girl in smart classes, like in the honors classes, in the AP classes, right? Being the smart black girl, whoa, Blackopedia, you know, do my homework for me. Blackopedia. Do all of the whole, do the whole, 
do the whole group project because we know we right. don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it was always yeah. us. I hated it was always group us. projects. Like, it I was always us. Them because I, I ended up doing them my whole time. Yeah, it was always because us. Because I didn't want, because I didn't like other people controlling my grade. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I was, yep. That, I was that person. Yep. Like, I hated it. Like, I'll just do it. I'll just do it. Like, no, I'll just do the project. Yeah, I'll just do it. If I do it, we'll get an A. Exactly. The first A y'all see and the last A y'all see this whole damn semester. But you just got a free one out of me. So, quick story because I have another one that's huge but quick story in my senior year I went from regular government to um honors government and I literally watched my teacher transform into a whole new person when I went from regular government full of minorities and badass kids to this honors class this woman gained a sense of humor. This woman was nice. She was like talking directly to me, looking at me in my eye. Like, not just me, but I mean, just the whole collective, her whole energy just shifted. And maybe it was because it was smart kids versus like kids who don't give a fuck. Not necessarily a black thing, but I just remember that being like, there aren't as many black people in here. My teacher is much nicer to me. That's you know? crazy. But people also make that a black thing. I know, and I, that that's what I'm saying. I'm not thing. trying to make black it a black thing, but it's not a black thing. That's a no. fucking, that's a teenager thing. Yeah. The fuck? Yeah. And it's like, I get it. If I was choosing to be a teacher, I'm the first one to admit I would not teach anyone who was not choosing to be there. So oh, I would, I would choose favorites. colleges. Yeah, I would choose okay. favorites. I would choose favorites. For I, sure. I think high school teachers deserve a lot more pay and a lot more foot rubs because yeah. I look at them and I'm like, y'all do. You deal with people that are being forced in the situation they don't want to be in. Clearly, don't who care. don't want to be there. Yeah, who don't want to be there and there. And I also, that's that age where you start thinking you got rights. You can't. Mm. Yeah, you got no rights. Um. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. This is the last one. This is huge. That's cool. Huge lie. <laughs> the opposite sex. It? The opposite sex will never look twice at you. Two different equals fear. So dating white boys. That was something that, okay, I, I, I definitely always had, I mean, I hung out with boys, white boys and Hispanic and black, whatever, but I always had a crush on the white boy. And, yeah. you know, I, while I was young, there were moments, you know, like we all learned how to kiss, you know, each other. And so there was, there was never an issue with like, <laughs> oh, I'm kissing the black girl or like I said, me and my cousin were a duo. So we were both Look, there. You so it didn't matter. On somebody, you just got to find the You person. do. You have to, pra- we had to practice and we practiced. Okay. And so, um, we, I guess, I don't know. Like, I think all my crushes on my early life were white boys. Um, my first boyfriend was an exception. He wasn't white, but he wasn't black. Um, so, dating white boys, meeting white parents as the black girlfriend, um, and typically, you know, in a predominantly white setting, white boys want white girls and black boys want white girls. Like, it's not like the black girl is kind of the odd person out. Nobody's checking mm-hmm. for her, really. I'm talking about an environment where it's predominantly white. Obviously, black men mm-hmm. love black women. Obviously, Ooh, black getting, boys I'm like black very... girls. But I'm just saying. I mean, I had no dates in high school, so there we go. Yeah. I mean, it's my friend. My first boyfriend was white. Now Mm -hmm. I think about it, Mm -hmm. like he was very much like. Again, I was on the south side of town, y'all. So 
it was also, you know, when a white boy's trying to be hood, it was one of those situations. He was like a bad boy, whatever. But, but it was very much like there was only me in terms of like being the token black people. I was a token black girl. And there was one particular guy in my class who was always token black guy. Like he was head. But those people never liked each other. The but tokens never, don't fall together. Worked. Yeah. Because we were always friends. friends. Yeah. We were always friends. We've even like, yeah, best we, friends. Like, around, like, mm-hmm. but it never, but he always like white girls, like always. That's all he dated except for one black girl. But it was very much like, it's funny that the two, you know, people who are the tokens never got together because that's what people ultimately wanted. Yeah. They wanted yeah. They expected, they expected it to be together because. It made sense mm-hmm. because why will we not be? But no, it's but it's still like you said. It's like it's more of like the black guys always wanting the white girls, and then vice versa mm-hmm. that I've that I've experienced. But even in high school, like well, I, don't, I don't know. I guess <laughs> I guess that was kind of the case. Yep. Yep. So I didn't date in high school, but I mean the funny thing is, n- all my ex boyfriends. I don't have any two boyfriends of the same race. Okay. But the funny thing is for a long, I didn't date black men, not because I didn't want to, like, to be honest, I don't think it it can be your preference to have, to date a specific race or even if it's within your own, outside of your own, whatever. To me, that was always very limiting. I was like, it's like going to the international buffet and you're like, I'm only going to eat the soul food. There's also Chinese, there's (laughs) Japanese, there's soul food. I'm done with the soul food. It's like there's dumplings, there's shumai. You're right. You're absolutely right. That's exactly right. I mean, that's exactly what I thought. I'm like, I'm equal opportunity. I was was always very like, I know my type, but my type's not. And that's the thing too. Isn't, don't you end up going for what likes you eventually? Like if black boys aren't coming up and don't want you, then you're going to, you're not even going to be considering them. Yeah. And the thing is, my boyfriend now is black, but even he told me, and it was a stereotype. Again, it was a label that I never asked for that was literally given to me. Mm. The first time I dated somebody and it wasn't somebody black, all of a sudden, instantly, every black person around me that was male was like, oh, she only date white boys. It's like, he's Japanese. The irony is he's not even what you're giving me, but like, and even my boyfriend now, like me and him, we've been together for five years at this point. But he even told me that because when me and him met, we were just friends. Like I was dating somebody, he was dating someone. The boy, the boyfriend I had at the time, my ex was white. Me and my now current boyfriend were just friends for three years, not because we didn't like each other, but because he assumed I only that you only like white. Because you dated one guy, and he one never guy. actually asked me. And then finally, mm-hmm. we got drunk in Vegas, and you know, feelings. His feelings came out, and he said that, and I looked at him, and I was like, I just had a sober moment, and I was like, you. You never asked me. And he's like, but I saw you. I was like, you saw me with one white person. I've never had two boyfriends of the same race. Um, What in the world? I I was like, these labels that are thrown on people. (laughs) Yeah, that's another big one. Another big one. You see a white girl with one white guy or you see a black guy with one white girl and you're like, oh, they only like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Maybe they don't. And maybe it's not that, but the, guess what? If all y'all saying that, like all the black boys were like, oh, Jessica only likes white guys. So therefore, none of them dated. And it's me. like, why don't, why don't one of y'all try to save my. Why don't one of y'all try to change my mind? How about that? <laughs> Somebody changed my mind well, in this just, motherfucker. 
if even one of them just asked me out, that was the part to me that was such a trip is I was just like, none of you asked me out. So am I right. supposed to be alone for the rest of my fucking right. life? Because all the black men in my life decided I only date white guys. So then when the white guy comes up and is like, I think you're beautiful. Can I take you out to dinner? Here we Hell go. Yeah. yeah. Right. Why not? Yeah. And oh then God. y'all want to get fucking salty. You know, black love and this is why we can't. And I'm just like... <laughs> Nice. You, you could have. I, I have two Yo, friends that I've Shout out to black men. Like, you could have dated me. This could have been you. This could have been you. It could have been us. Okay, it's fine. It could have um, been. You going shopping with no money in your pocket. Now, see, that's well. I, that's the next show, oh, guys. This that's, that's the like end. Country ass saying. That's the thing. That's that's the Arkansas. This I've is, never heard that one before. So, this is the, you, that, that's usually usually they say that in reverse though. Usually that's what you say to the married woman who you know she she's going to like Marshalls but she ain't she, for some reason not wearing a wedding wing. That's when they hit you on the shoulder and go, baby, don't go shopping with money in your pocket. It's mm. okay to window shop, but. I think uh, I think Jennifer Lewis said that to Whitney Houston in the uh, Preacher's Wife, I believe. Possibly. Uh, that's another show. That is very southern. Guys, so. that was it. You know, I'm not gonna lie, Crystal. When you first asked me the questions, I thought we were talking about in acting, so I totally thought this was gonna be a totally different conversation. <laughs> so Wait, it was really questions? funny. I was the two so questions I gave you that I didn't. Yes. That's why I said I have a question of your questions because my question oh, what was, was it? Are you talking about life or career? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I'm talking about life. Sorry. And then I realized very quickly, oh, we're talking about life. Yeah, girl. This is life. This lifestyles of love. Yeah. Career is part of my lifestyle. Lifestyles of love. Thank you. Yeah. We're still working on the show me up. <laughs> we're still working on the theme song, but I'm still working on the theme song. Yeah. I but guys, we will. We are gonna do a part two because I still have so much. There's struggles oh, of the token man. black. So many, so many. All right, Ebony, we'll call you. Um, thank you guys for listening. You know, and you know, if you're not a token black, good for you. But also, you could be, and you've probably been it in one scenario or another without knowing it. I'm talking about you yeah. could be the token black in the restaurant, honey. You could be the token black. At the barbershop, in the mall, in the store, whatever. On a plane. On a plane, honey. Yeah. Be black and go to first class. <laughs> You're instantly a token to a lot of people. Own it. Own your yeah, blackness. Own That's something and, I wish and, I would And continue to call these people out. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't be scared of being the token because you know what? Now that token is made of gold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Black gold. Black gold. How about you that? <laughs> we love you guys. We are. Um, come back next week. You know, you never know what's gonna happen. On lifestyles of love. Thank you, Jess. Thank you, Ebony. Thank you, girl. Thank you. And we'll see you next time.